Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. Big show today, folks. Boy, I got a good one for you. Chris Cuthbert, voice, play-by-play voice of the CFL on TSN. He's going to drop by in a few minutes. Power rankings and CFL fantasy tips with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. You need help with your fantasy lineup? I gotcha. And a special behind the helmet, Adam, Big Daddy, Big Hill, Winnipeg Blue Bombers linebacker after his epic week four performance. Two interceptions, including a pick six, a 55-yard touchdown, and six tackles against his former team, the BC Lions, as the Bombers put the boots to BC 41-19. to We'll get to know Adam Big Hill a little bit later on in the show. What a night for Big Hill. Like, we know he's good. He's always good. But last Saturday night, he was great. So Adam Big Hill will be by. We'll get to our Twitter poll and game predictions as well. But let's have the news and notes of the week. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. All right, in first down, a lot of news this week coming out, beginning with the Eskimos and a late-game decision that might have cost Jason Moss and Edmonton the game versus the Toronto Argonauts. And what is going to happen with Johnny Manziel? Well, Dave Naylor talked about that with Jay and Dan on TSN. Uh, Dave, Jason Moss came under fire again for his play selection in the final minutes of Saturday's loss to the Argos. I know Eskimos fans are questioning his play calling. Do you agree with those fans? Uh, you know, I did not. Look, Jason Moss has, has not been great at challenges, and his frustration in that area has been well documented. But at the end of the game, when the Eskimos went to punt, second and eight at midfield with 219 left, I looked at it and said, that's the right call. And because in the Canadian Football League, that's an enormous amount of time. In the NFL, you would never make that call. But in the CFL, it's different. And it's hard for teams you know, to string together those long drives and eat the clock and kill it. The Argonauts managed to do that. James Wilder at the end of the game is what you hope a big, powerful tailback will be. That guy who's chewing up those yards, who's unstoppable, can kill the clock and move the ball. But I thought at the time they made the call to punt that it was the right decision. Tabby's lost, but another big game for Jeremiah Masoli. At this pace, I don't see Johnny Manziel hitting the field at all for uh, the Ticats. I'll tell you, if you've taken 100 people who've studied the Ticats quarterback situation and said, do you think they'll get to the bye week without Johnny Manziel taking a snap? 100 people would have told you, no way. And I would have been to the front of the line. Oh, look, Jeremiah Mazzoli's played really well. He's had the three 300-yard games, excuse me, four 300-yard games. But the one issue that I think that, that is there is there's been two games, week one in Calgary and the other night in Saskatchewan. You know, he had the ball in his hands late in the game, down by less than a touchdown, and he couldn't produce a win. And he t- until he does that, I think there's still going to be a lot of scrutiny over his play. Okay. Will Johnny Manziel go through the year without getting on the field? No way. He's going to play at some point, and I, and I think that I think we're getting close to that time. Is it possible he doesn't start all season? I do think that's possible because Jeremiah Mazzoli has earned the right to stay as the Ticats starter. What do you think is more likely? Gonna gonna throw you a quick one here. More likely that he plays for the Tabbies this season or gets traded at some point this season. 
I think it's far more likely he plays. And look, if we get to the end of this year and Jeremiah Mazzoli puts up the kind of numbers he's put through the first four weeks, I think we will see a trade in the offseason. And I think there's an understanding that, hey, Johnny Manziel committed for two years to the Canadian Football League, but, you, but after a year of backing up, you know, the Ticats would owe it to him to either trade Jeremiah Mazzoli or to trade him to somewhere where he can get on the field. So I think a trade this season, highly unlikely. I think a trade within the division ever is unlikely. <laughs> but could I see him traded out west or Mazzoli traded out west after the year? Yeah, I could. Yeah, Johnny's going to see the field one way or another, even if it might be specialty packages a little bit later on to spell Mazzoli if, he's, if, if Mazzoli stays healthy. Just to spell him, get him on the field, mix it up, and get him some, get him some time. Or even if it is to show that he's learning and progressing to make him trade bait. All right, that was first down. Second down. Now the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, fascinating on the bye week. But man, Chris Jones, what the heck are you doing? You're platooning quarterbacks. You refuse to put your wrong Carter back. At wide receiver. Well, the CFL on TSN panel led by Rod Smith with Milt Stiegel, Jock Climby, and Matt Dunnigan discuss that and more. All right, bring it in, bring it in. Huddle up for week four with our usual cast of characters. Let's see, you got Milt Stiegel there, and below him, you got Jock Climby, and then down at the bottom there, you got Matt Dunnigan. So let's get it started, Milt. Hey, maybe Chris Jones knows what he's doing. The Riders won the game, even though he's platooning quarterbacks. Does that mean he can keep doing it? Should he? Could he? Would he? Of course. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Win, lose, or draw. We may see both of those quarterbacks in the game at the same time. He shouldn't. He shouldn't, Mel. Well, he's going to do it. He shouldn't. Uh, he I should like play it. Brandon Bridge. He needs to learn to play. He needs to play the game, learn the game, and be allowed to make mistakes so he can grow. I like the out-of-the-box thinking. You know what? There's too many coaches who just think you got to stick with a formula. David I enjoy Watford coaching is not ready right now. They're he, running high school sweeps with him. He is game. not ready they to play the game. And I don't care. I don't care, Mill. It's about the future of this football team mm. and having a quarterback that take you to where you want to go. Hey, Jock, how about that play by Tyrell Sutton of the Alouettes the other night as he blew up Corey Tindall? I mean, that's good old-fashioned football, right? Or in today's CFL, should that be a penalty? Look, when we met with the CFL before this season, they explicitly told us that you can get a spearing call when you have the football. If that's not a spearing call when you have the that's football, that's not a spearing call. That's not fair. He's just just getting trucked. That Thank is you. good old-fashioned football. That's fair, He's Jock. just saying, hello, how are you doing? The, hello? Game, the game has changed. You can't no, that, that's just somebody hard else running with right your there, head. Jock. Hey, Matt, you, you like, this? You like this? No, you like this? No, no the feel I don't. very good, does it? I don't no. like it. Out of the Stop game. It. No. I, I could feel the breeze of that from all the way up here. Uh, hey, Maddie, two different services at BMO Field. Is it time to get rid of that field turf in the end zone or keep it? Please, this is not even an issue. But it is becoming one because players can get hurt on this. It's an unfair advantage, and I can't believe that it, it exists in this day and age. Got to get rid of it. Cost. This is expensive not, stuff. Are you kidding me? Hey, how many? Be like if the Raptors played a hardwood and tile. Those ice went to asphalt. We've, well, seen, lo- we've seen lots of fields down south where they have both football and baseball in fields. Not and guys lots, have to John. get used to what? it. Guys, there's Open. nothing you what? can do about it. That's the way the field is now. Suck it up. Everyone has to play on it. There's no use to complain. You have to play on this field. Design your plays. Design your plays. Design your plays around it. Two surfaces, three issues, four weeks into the CFL. Let's huddle up. Ready, break. Yeah, getting back to the riders, the bigger issue to me, I get with, okay, 
you got the two quarterbacks, you're waiting for Zach Claris to come back. That gimmickry, that the, 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 the gimmick angle of playing the two quarterbacks, run that works for one or two weeks. We've seen that in the CFL, the NFL. It works for one or two weeks, and then it's done. And then teams figure it out. So the question then becomes, all right, when is Zach Claris coming back? I would just try to give Brandon Bridge as much time as possible. And you know what will help your quarterbacks? Chris Jones, do you know what's going to help your quarterbacks? Uh, a 6'5 receiver. Oh, where do you get one of those? Oh, you have him playing defensive back. Enough. The experiment is over. We talked about it last week. I talked about it the week before. This is getting to be a stubborn point. So, Chris Jones, you want to win football games or you want to try to be cuter and smarter than everybody else? Because right now, he had two tackles. You can throw away from Deron Carter. It's a big field, if you haven't noticed, in the CFL. Big field. You can throw away from Deron Carter. If you have him on offense, he can be an impact. He has to be accounted for on every single offensive play. That's what I don't get. All right, let's go. Third down. Wilder with the loss. Stutters coming to the backfield. Cuts back to the right and walks into the end zone. James Wilder Jr. to the house. And it's 12-0 Argos. Now, third down. Question coming into the Argos. Ricky Ray out. The bye week was in effect. James Franklin going up against his former team. This is his shot to be a starter in the Canadian Football League. Well, they're known as the James Gang now. James Franklin and James Wilder Jr. were let loose. Rod Black and Dwayne Ford break it down. In a game full of twists and a lot of irony, James Franklin, who beat the Toronto Argonauts in his last start, beat them handily, playing for the Argos now, kept off the field by the Eskimos and Mike Riley, ends up keeping Mike Riley off the field, leading to a victory. Yeah, a, a strong performance for James Franklin in his first start as a Toronto Argonaut. Came out strong, led the Argos to touchdowns on their first two possessions in this football game. Quick 12-0 lead in the ball game. Big passes to a couple of receivers, Levi Noel or Monty Edwards. I thought a, a terrific way to start the football game for a young quarterback making his first start with a new team. I think he gained a lot of confidence. Ultimately, fourth quarter, they've got to come from behind in this ballgame, and Franklin leads a long drive, leans on James Wilder a little bit. You saw the winning touchdown pass to Declan Cross. Great start, great finish, and that was really all the Argos needed. Now, normally you would say, okay, well, here's a backup who hasn't played very much, maybe spot start here and there, and you, you kind of think, well, maybe. There's no maybe about James Franklin. He is a legitimate star on the rise in the Canadian Football League and will get better with more playing time. The other James, though, also helped out big time. Yeah, certainly James Wilder, particularly in that fourth quarter when it was time for the Argos to control the ball. The Eskimos had dominated time of possession from the get-go in this football game. Argos' defense needed a break. Argos' offense needed to ground and pound, needed to wear out the Eskimos a little bit. And James Wilder Jr., I thought, found a, found a second gear found another gear in the fourth quarter of this ball game and was physical every run it took multiple Eskimo defenders to bring him down yards after contact and just a, a terrific finish for him the league's reigning rookie of the year who's been kind of looking to get untracked a little bit here through the first few weeks of 2018 so the James gang does it Franklin and Wilder and it was uh, the Jedi master against Skywalker and Skywalker wins right now but they're back at it again next week back in Edmonton. Okay, now our Twitter poll, at AndyMC81, our Domino's Twitter poll. And folks, by the way, you know we're delivered by Domino's, and guess what it is? Guess what it is? It's back 50% off week at 
Domino's. Right now, until July 15, you get 50% off all pizzas at menu price. All pizzas at dominoes.ca. 50% off after you listen to the show. Or if you're listening to it afterwards on Podcast Not Live. Pause it. Order yourself some Domino's at dominoes.ca. 50% off all pizzas until July 15. Now, our Twitter poll question. Which team needs a win more in week five? There are. It's a light schedule, but there are some teams that need a W. The BC Lions with Jonathan Jennings, who has been atrocious. Molly Buono doesn't want to go out like that. BC Lions, do they need to win the most? Edmonton Eskimos losing to Toronto. They're going to be hosting them back. You can't fall too far behind the Stampeders in the West. At 2-2, two and two, you got to go. Is it the Eskimos? Is it the Argos, the Toronto Argonauts? Boy, if you sweep the Eskimos in the home-and-home, home, you can send a message to the East. That was only their first win of the season. They're far from being out of the woods. they got to keep going. And the Ottawa Red Blacks. Trevor Harris re-emerged last week, as I was hoping he would, because this guy can be a special quarterback. Currently first in the East. You might be thinking, why do they need a win? Because it's that close in the East right now. And in week five, you're going up against the Calgary Stampeders at home. You can send. Talk about the Argos sending a message. Red Blocks can send a message to the league and give the Stamps their first defeat of the season and put a little breathing room in that East division. So who needs the win more in week five in the CFL? BC Lions, Edmonton Eskimos, Toronto Argos, or Ottawa Red Blacks. You can vote at AndyMC81 on Twitter. After the break, CFL on TSM play-by-play voice, Chris Cuthbert, one of the best in the business, joins me on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Whether you're in a hurry or with friends or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right. Load up that medium pizza with any of Domino's fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Give us a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Remember, folks, it is 50% off week at Domino's. Go to Domino's.ca right now. Up to the 15th, 50% off of any menu price pizza. Any pizza, any size, any toppings, 50% off Domino's.ca Go do it right now. On the line with me, very excited to have my next guest, Chris Cuthbert, voice of the CFL on TSN, one of the terrific play-by-play men there. Chris, how's it going, man? I'm good, Andy. Good to be with you. Excellent. So you got a doubleheader yourself this weekend. You're starting uh, Lucky Friday the 13th, Edmonton Argos rematch of the home-and-home, then BC Winnipeg. So let's start with Edmonton and Toronto. And I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Very interesting in what we saw out of James Franklin and James Wilder finally being Unleash. What should we expect out of the Argos offense in the rematch? More of the same? Well, I, I, I think they hope more of the same. I mean, uh, James Franklin's got a game underneath him now and uh, looked pretty good. Certainly came out of the gate impressively. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did get bogged down in the middle of the game, but uh, uh, impressive that they... Uh, they scored late, and maybe the most impressive thing is to take that ball with 2.19 to go and not give it back. But uh, that's that's what James Wilder can do. And uh, uh, I think there's been seven 100-yard rushing games in the league this year, and, and 
for a couple of guys, they got out of the gate quickly. For Wilder and C.J. Gable, it seemed to take two or three games to get going. Uh, but uh, but they're prime running backs, and uh, and it seems like the offenses that are working best right now are the ones that are balanced and do have uh, a pretty strong running game. Calgary, the best example of that. Uh, absolutely, and Calgary gets back at it. Uh, now, for Edmonton, little and, – and I'm <clears> – <throat> I give more credit to the Argos on that that last uh, two three minute stand than blame Jason Moss uh, per se. Do you do you agree? Like that that's the right move to make. You know, for for me that uh, you know, if you're over two minutes to go, uh, you I, I punt the football. I, right. I I disagreed with the way Jason Moss handled the uh, the playoff game last year uh, when he when he gambled on third down a couple of times and then third down late. Uh, in field goal range, uh, or, or, or it, it, with a chance to score, he he, uh, he kicked the field goal. But uh, I, you know what? If you're over two minutes, I, I I'm I'm kicking and 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 looking to your defense to get a stop. Even one first down should get the ball. You sh- if you hold them to one or less, you should get the ball back. And uh, unfortunately, James Wilder didn't give it back. Yeah, exactly. I give more credit to the Argos than blame Moss on that one. Now you brought up that running quarterback tandem, that true dual threat. And with Edmonton, they got Mike Riley, obviously, elite level. Now, C.J. Gable. Chris, we have seen, I don't know if you're as frustrated as I am when you watch Chris uh, when you watch C.J. Gable, because this guy can pop off for 120, or he can do what we saw last week at 39 yards. Like, the inconsistency is so frustrating, considering what he can be, and if he is on that duo of Riley-Gable, that's hard to stop. Yeah, he, C.J. Gable didn't make the CFL uh, uh, on TSN Top 50. He was in my Top 50, uh, and, and I kind of felt like that was vindicated the way he played against the BC Lions a couple of weeks back. But, uh, uh, but you know, I, I do think the running game is a, uh, is a team game, and, and, and the inconsistency might be just largely the entire offense. But what he did against BC is what I think he can do on a fairly regular basis. And uh, I think he's a thousand yard back in the league, and, and uh, uh, he certainly was outshone by Wilder last week. Now, Chris, obviously only time is going to tell us what James Franklin is. Yes, he looked good. I like the extended drives. This wasn't just a fluke Hail Mary go down and, and do it. These were extended drives. These were calculated. But is it? where do you put the Argos as far as ranking and contendership? I guess it all really lies on how effective Franklin is at this point, right? Well, Franklin and Wilder. Wilder yeah, was the guy yeah. I thought turned around their season last year. Sure. And, uh, but he takes some pressure off a young quarterback for sure. Uh, now he's not a, a, a raw rookie, James Franklin, for, uh, by any means. But uh, I think it's going to be a few more weeks in 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 a Mark Trestman system where he's calling all the plays before we really uh, get to see that Argo offense in high gear. The one observation I have, I thought Levi Noel did a nice job. Uh, I I still think the Argos are missing that deep threat that they had with Devere Posey last year, right. and uh, that would uh, that would really complement this uh, this Argo offense. Uh, a whole lot. See if Jim Pop can add that as the season goes on. In conversation with Chris Cuthbert, play-by-play voice on TSN, calling two games this weekend for the CFL. We talked about the first one, Toronto at Edmonton. The second one, now a light schedule week five. This is the last of the weekend, one of three. BC Lions hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And Chris, I don't know about you, I was looking for the BC Lions, a resurgence from Jonathan Jennings. The question was, were we going to see 2016 Jennings, who was emerging or hampered by injuries last year? What was he? 
boy, uh, I don't know if there's a hidden injury, but he's he's not looking too good right now. No, and, and now the question is, are, are we going to see Jonathan Jennings at all, or are we mm. going to see Travis Lule? And uh, uh, that's, you know... Right now, that offense has got uh, some issues, and, and, and they're trying to pinpoint, is it Jonathan Jennings? Uh, is it uh, just learning the, the, the new system of Jarius Jackson? Uh, is it uh, offensive line? Not, uh, you know, uh, what, what exactly is it? But um, I'm kind of curious to see Winnipeg dialed their offense up a couple of years ago when they when they moved from Drew Willie to Matt Nichols if if it is Travis Lule and he gets it going does that answer questions of what what was wrong and if Travis Lule can't get the offense going now now where do you turn so right. uh, I, I find it really interesting because uh, I, I thought BC Winnipeg last week was was uh, was a coin flip going in, and it was uh, it turned out to be men against boys. And if uh, if BC drops another one at home, and they're and they're uh, winless in their first three against the West, uh, one win against Montreal, uh, that they're they're in a big hole early in the season. Well, Chris, the question with Travis Lule was never if he could play or, or play at a high level. We know he can. It's staying healthy, and we saw when he came in last year, he lit he lit it up right, and then inevitably it seems. He got hurt. So it looks like for the BC Lions, if you go to Lule and you kind of just get through the year, then you really have to start. If you have decided, all right, Jennings is not the guy, you got to almost reboot that whole type of offense system and get somebody new in there. Because Cody Fajardo's not going to do it. Well, that's for sure. They've got to find out uh, once and for all if Jonathan Jennings is the is the centerpiece of, of yeah. the team going forward. And and two years ago, they after the big season that you mentioned, they they did a heavy promotion on he was the guy, and uh, and and now we're not sure. So uh, that is the. the that is the kind of catch twenty two here. That Travis Lula is the kind of guy that can uh, uh, can turn the season around. But uh, but you know how how long do you look down the road? Ed Hervey's uh, the new guy, and 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 he's probably looking for the next future for the guy that for the next five years. But at the same time, it's Wally Bono's final year, and and I'm sure both of them are looking for success this season as well. So. Uh, uh, you know, at what point do you sacrifice uh, the future for the now, and vice versa? And, and then there's then there's that uh, that percentage of the fan base that's uh, joining the uh, uh, you know the Montreal fans, and maybe some fans in Saskatchewan that are are thinking, "Hey, Johnny Manziel sitting on the bench, maybe <laughs> we should be talking about him." Yeah. Boy, and that, isn't it interesting, Chris, the conversation switch to, well, okay, when is Johnny going to get in and replace Jeremiah Masoli to, all right, well, where else can we ship him off to? And if you're the Ticats, I don't know if there's really a rush to do it because you got this this really still unproving but exciting asset and in a market like Montreal, like BC, that if you put Johnny in there, that's a, a nice little spike up. That's going to be a fascinating storyline to follow. It is. Uh, you know, the Ticats, I think, are very comfortable right now with with just having 
Johnny Manziel uh, learning the game, uh, waiting in the wings, being the insurance policy. I mean, I think Jeremiah Masoli is the best story in the league so far this sure. season, and uh, and and next game out will be uh, going after a Canadian Football League record that uh, uh, you know that was was matched in 1991, was set in 1956. I mean, it's one that's been on the books for a long time, and and for him to uh, have a shot at his 10th consecutive 300-yard game is pretty impressive. He's uh, he's really, I think, established himself as a bona fide guy that can uh, uh, that can lead a team on a consistent basis. Well, it'll be a fun week, Chris. Safe travels. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Always good chatting the CFL with you, Andy. Thanks. That was Chris Cuthbert, one of the best in the biz. Always love talking to Chris from the CFL and TSN play-by-play man. You can get him on Twitter at CCTSN, and he will be calling the Toronto-Edmonton rematch on Friday on TSN, then BC-Winnipeg Saturday. Week 5 kicks off Thursday, so we got one each day. Uh, Calgary into the nation's capital against the Ottawa Red Blacks, and that's that's it. That's the three games for this weekend. That Calgary, uh, boy, Ottawa game. That is one I want to see. What is Trevor Harris made of for an encore? Right? How does he respond off of two weeks ago? Stinker. Great week. You're up against the league's best. Cream of the crop. They are the gold standard right now, the Calgary Stampeders. Those are, that is the standard. Undefeated. Perennial contenders, what do you got, buddy? If Trevor Harris can ball out against that, he then starts to where I believe he belongs, starting to rejoin the conversation of upper echelon elite quarterbacks in the CFL. We're going to step aside. After the break, it'll be some CFL power rankings heading into Week 5 and also CFL fantasy tips for your fantasy team. You need to stay tuned. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca is next. You're listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We are delivered by Domino's. I've been saying it throughout the show. I'll say it again. It's 50% off week, people. 50% off any type of pizza at regular menu price. Domino's.ca. You want as many toppings? There's no limit. No limit on toppings. No limit on pizza. 50% off it all at dominoes.ca. That is till July 15th. So get on out. Get yourself some pizza. And we're going to get to our power rankings. We're going to get to some CFL fantasy tips right now with TSN.ca Scott Collins. Scotty, how's it going? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well. And so with the power rankings, we'll begin there. And for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, this is quite the rise getting Matt Nichols back. That's right. They they jumped from five to two this week, and it, it's funny because when um, you know when we get, did the preseason rankings, I had I had them at eight, um, and you know in a nine team league, it's a pretty tough ranking to right. uh, to get saddled with. Um, but I I you know I kind of my explanation was look I don't know enough about Chris Trevler. He's coming out of South Dakota. He's never played uh, professional football. You know I, I just can't assume that he's going to be okay. Um, and then, you know, he played all right for the 
um, you know, first three games, and, and the, the Bombers started to kind of move up towards the middle of the pack. Uh, but now they get Matt Nichols back, and um, I think that's you know that's a big deal. Um, you know, we go on pretty much every week, or at least I do, uh, about the uh, the quarterback play, how important it is, and. You know, Nichols uh, was a guy who a few years ago I, I wasn't sure uh, about and uh, whether I would necessarily trust him. But I, I, you know, I think we saw last year that you know he, he can be one of the, the better quarterbacks in this league. And so Winnipeg getting him back um, at a time when other teams are losing and um, that sort of vaulted uh, the Bombers up to number two in the rankings this week. You know, I mean, everybody's ch- chasing Calgary, and that may be the story for. Uh, for the entire season, uh, but uh, I guess as, as we move into the next tier, uh, I've got Winnipeg now as uh, the the next best team. Sure, and to dip into the fantasy side for a moment, that Bombers defense absolutely tore up the BC line. 17 fantasy points. Now, Scotty, they seem to go every other week. At Edmonton, they had two points, 13 against Montreal, three against Hamilton, 17 versus BC. Now, they're playing BC again. Jonathan Jennings has been terrible. Are the Bombers a team you're going on the D side? They're the top price team, though, on the CFL fantasy game. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, in, in, as you say, they kind of go back and forth, and, that, and that's what makes me wary about spending, you know, I guess top top fantasy dollars on a defense isn't, isn't you know relatively huge money. I, I know the Bombers are just under fifty two hundred, um, but uh, you know I'm, I'm a little bit wary of um, just you know because from one week to the next you don't know what you're going to get. I, I tend to go uh, for for cheaper options on. on uh, defense and like and, it, and it's not easy this week because there's so there are only three games and there's um, no Montreal. <laughs> right, well, there you go. Right, <laughs> the, your default your default option is already taken away. Um, and, and I'm like I I'm I'm contemplating Edmonton um, because they're you know they're one of the cheapest teams and um, in, in a rematch against Toronto. Like it was a good win for Toronto last week, but you sent Toronto on the road to Edmonton. You know, maybe the uh, the Eskimo defense gives you uh, decent value um, in that case. But you know, in, in the gr- bigger picture of what you're saying about the Bombers' defense, that's that stands. Like that's important. They're they 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 they're guys who um, you know create quarterback pressure and get sacks and and uh, and takeaways and, and and so that's you know there's going to be weeks where the, the bombers are, are particularly appealing on defense but I'm um, you know lately I've been kind of trying to spend my money in places other than defense and uh, and hope that I can find the right bargain defense from one week to the next so if we get back to the power rankings here you can find that on tsn.ca and Scotty will tweet it out at tsn Scott Cullen Hamilton Ticats riding high Jeremiah Masoli another 300 yard plus game ties the CFL record but they lose ultimately. It's all about winning and losing. They lost despite the numbers only eighteen to thirteen, and they fall a couple spots. Well, yeah, and and I think that I mean we're still very early in the season, and and there's reason to be optimistic about the Tiger Cats. I mean, look, the fact that Masoli can turn out a three hundred yard game um, every week, you know, that's encouraging. You know, yeah, moving the ball, you can get up and down the field. Like a lot of good can come from that. But we've also seen a couple of games this year where the Tiger Cats have. Almost, you know, I don't want to say kind of given away the game, but the fact that you know they've they've accrued so many yards and not enough points, you know, like this, this week it was 13 points in Saskatchewan, which is clearly not enough. And then even in uh, earlier in the season at Calgary when they 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 outgained the Stampeders but only scored 14 points, and you know, so 
at some point uh, they're going to have to um, you know find a way to punch it into the end zone. But you know, I, I move the Tiger Cats down because yes, you score 13 points and lose. But um, you know that is going to affect you in the rankings. But I think in the you know grand scheme of it, you have to still be pretty optimistic when when you know the quarterback can can step out there and give you 300 yards week in and week out. That um, you would just hope that they can find a way to convert that yardage into into touchdowns because the, you know it, it's tough it's tough to win in any football if you're not uh, scoring touchdowns. But it certainly is in the CFL. This is a league where. Um, you know, kicking field goals and, and getting rouges isn't quite enough to <laughs> uh, to count on on a weekly basis. Exactly, and, and you got as you said, Sky. You got to punch it in. Now, what about the Toronto Argonauts? Twenty to seventeen winners against Edmonton going into that rematch. Franklin, nice effort. I've said it earlier in the show. I liked how he was able to march down the field, long drives. James Wilder coming up. How are you feeling about the Argos with Franklin? And I guess we're probably going to learn a lot more after the rematch in Edmonton, but as of right now, how do you feel about the Argos? A touch more optimistic. Yeah. I mean, they're up to six in the rankings, and it goes, I mean, you kind of bang on with what I was thinking, too, is that, you know, give Franklin another game against the Eskimos and see whether he can, you know, replicate it. And it's not that he had an amazing game, but he he did what he had to do to win, and I think maybe the the real positive for the Argos is you maybe turn James Wilder uh, Jr. a little bit loose you know when you when you don't have um when you i guess un, when you're uncertain of uh, your quarterback play maybe you're a little more inclined to make sure your star running back gets a lot of touches and um that's probably not a bad plan for uh, for the Argos for a while and and if if Wilder you know continues to produce that eases the load on James Franklin you know that um gives him a little um a little bit less pressure um, the, the focus isn't always going to be on him and um and, you know, that might allow him to produce some decent results. So, like I said, I've, I've moved the Argos up to six, and, um, you know, given that they're running a backup quarterback, that's not bad. Um, but we'll see what happens, whether Franklin can kind of sustain um, what he did last week. I would say at least what you got out of last week was a, a positive first step. Okay, Scotty, let's get to the fantasy football. And if you want to check out the power rankings again, you can go to tsn.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott. Colin, so if, uh, well, we know usually it's a safe bet to go with Mike Riley. Now, last week, if you're spending 14 k on your salary on the CFL-TSN game and you get 16.8 points through the air, that's a little rough. Where are we looking at quarterback this week? Again, with only three games, Trevor Harris had a great matchup, but now you're going against Calgary. We know what they can do. Bo Levi Mitchell's there. Uh, uh, Matt Nichols might be a good option, a little bit cheaper at 75-63. Where are you looking at quarterback? Yeah, I'm... And, and you know we mentioned about Harris last week as a as a possibility um, coming off a bad mm-hmm. week, so so he certainly gave uh, lots of value. I'm I'm inclined to go with Nichols um, this week because of the price. Um, but you say like Harris has that tough matchup with Calgary that I, I would just you know I'd steer clear of if I could. Um, and so in the case of uh, Nichols, you know he didn't have. Uh, a huge game by any stretch, but um, you know I'm not loving the Lions' defense either, and and I think that um, you know given what we saw from Nichols last year, you can be uh, a little bit optimistic that there, there's potential for him to put up some some yards, some touchdowns, and um, and again this is a little bit of a uh, playing against the the BC defense as much as it is playing uh, the Winnipeg offense. Would this be a good week to couple up, pair up a Nichols and let's say an Andrew Harris at running back seven seven thousand eight fifty five? 
Oh, I think so. I, and, I mean, Harris, I like most weeks anyway. I mean, he's as consistent as they come um, among running backs. And certainly last week was a really good week for running backs uh, around the league. That, um, But Harris is, is one that I, like, I'm, I'm comfortable spending um, that significant uh, price for, for him because you know, more often than not, you get a, uh, a pretty solid reward for it. Um, you know, and, and if you invest... Uh, you know, in Nichols, who's not not as expensive as some of the top QBs, it's a little bit easier that uh, um, to take the price on Harris, uh, who is among the the higher price running backs. And then um, you know you can move to a, a another running back, maybe who's not quite as expensive. I mean, one of the ones so far early in the season that we've been on is Don Jackson, um, right out there in Calgary, and, and now his price has you know shot up pretty quickly. He's up to five thousand dollars, but you know. You know it's still not a, not a bad play given uh, the production he he's given Stan Peters in, in um, the first few games. So, you know, I, I but I, I think your your idea is totally right there. Grab if you're going to go Nichols, uh, backing that up with Andrew Harris is a pretty good way to uh, to cover yourself. And you know, provided they don't get completely shut down by BC, you're probably yeah. in pretty good shape. And and since they probably aren't going to get completely shut down by BC, that's uh, not a bad play. Well, Scotty, thank you so much, as always. And for our listeners, CFL Fantasy Tips, you're welcome. Another great (laughs) tips from Scott Collin. Thanks, buddy. Anytime. Thanks, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter. A must-follow at TSN Scott Cullen. You can check out his statistically speaking for CFL, hockey, uh, football, everything in between uh, at TSN Scott Cullen on Twitter. After the break, special behind the helmet, baby Adam, big daddy, big hell from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. My goodness, what a week he had. We'll get to know the big man a little bit better. And also, my game picks to wrap up CFL Weekly here across the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly Canada-wide on the TSN Radio Network. If you miss any of the show, don't worry about it. iTunes, you can download the episodes there. Or go to your local TSN radio station and under the shows section, you can find it right there. You'll see my smiling face and you can click on it and get the most recent episode. Or... Just go to my Twitter, at AndyMC81. I'll have the link there. Also on my Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Very excited to have my next guest, Adam Big Hill. I call him Big Daddy. How about the week four Adam Big Hill had? Two interceptions. One was a pick six for 55 yards, plus six tackles. Oh, yeah. And it was against his former team. Not bad for Adam Big Hill. So I wanted to get to know the big guy a little bit better. We know what type of football player is. What about behind the helmet? What about the guy, Adam Big Hill? Here's my chat with him. Joining me now on Behind the Helmet, it is Adam Big Hill, linebacker with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Adam, welcome. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, listen, you BC Lions in the CFL previously, were in the NFL last season, and you came back specifically with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Why did the Blue Bombers jump out to you as the organization you wanted to come back to? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few things that kind of go into that. I mean, obviously being... You know, released late and being a week from CFL training camp, uh, there were, you know, teams kind of had some of their, most of their spots figured out. You know, everyone had a team that they thought they were going to win a great cup with. Salary caps were spoken for. 
Um, but, you know, there were a few teams, and, and Winnipeg was, was the leading factor, mainly because of, you know, I like the reputation Coach O'Shea has uh, for leading the team. And, you know, some former players I played with are, are here as well, and I got the inside scoop from them, and, you know, one being Andrew Harris. And, uh, you know, those are really the key factors. So, Adam, now you're in Winnipeg, you're settling in, so let's get let's let fans know you better. You've had so much success, one of the hardest hitters, big personality, but we want to get behind the helmet with Adam Big Hill. So tell me, when you're not playing football, when you're not studying tape, when you're settling down, whether it's on the plane, at your home, whatever, what do you do to unwind, relax? What, what hobbies do you have? Well, i got uh, got two kids, a two-and-a-half-year-old son, Adam Jr., call me AJ, and a one-year-old daughter, Leah, and uh, so when I'm not, you know, when I don't have the switch turn on football mode, I'm usually in dad mode. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. We're having a good time, always always up to something. So, yeah, being a husband, being a father, you know, those are two great things I love to do. Other than that, I mean, if I had any hobbies, um, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy being active with my hobbies. You know, something like rock climbing or hiking, um, you know, stuff like that. Now, Adam, you mentioned kids. I have two young children myself, and I have to tell you, the, the TV shows that they watch sometimes that numb the brain, is there is there any kid TV show or kid movie that you've been forced to watch over and over again that you're just, you're going to run through a wall if you have to see it again? Well, I could probably recite to you all the lines of Moana, oh. Sing, Zootopia, you know, just... Yep. Just a few to, to say the least there. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Amna, you're a big dude. What do you eat pregame? What, what's your, your pregame meal? Uh, pregame, I usually like to keep it fairly light, you know, some chicken and salad and, you know, is usually my preferred go-to. Um, if not, like I always do enjoy uh, like a, a breakfast for, for – uh, uh, before the game as well, so you know, like eggs and bacon uh, would be good for me as well. Now, if you had a cheat day or in the off season and you're going to treat yourself, is there a food or dessert that you go to that you're really not supposed to have when you're you're supposed to be in football shape? Yeah, I'd say a cheat day. I mean, would be some pizza, you know, or and you know, some ice cream. So those would be the go-tos. There you go. Well, we are sponsored by Domino's Pizza, so you can treat yourself to that next time. That's perfect. Well, well there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Adam, you're a uh, native of, um, forgive the pronunciation, Montesano, Washington. Is that right? Montesano, yeah. Montesano. So I wanted to give you some Washington State trivia to see how well you know your home state. All right? This is off the cuff. This is, this is going to well, be tough. This should be interesting. All right. Uh, Washington State, the official bird. Uh, official bird. That's a... That's a bald eagle. Oh, you know what? I would have guessed that as well. It's the American goldfinch. How about that? Yeah, okay. I would have gone eagle as well. Um, Yeah, there's just a ton of them. It seemed like a natural. Now, now the official animal, non-bird, if you get this, I'll I'll send you some free pizza, man. I I don't even know what this is. The official state animal. Oh, man. I really don't even know what that would be. I don't know. It's, it's It's an Olympic marmot. Which I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what that I've is. Heard, I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's uh, Apparently it was the official animal as of 2009, so there you go. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and one more Washington State trivia. The official state flower. Flower. Uh, you got me. Uh, tulip? tulip it, the, the Pacific rhododendron. It uh, looks purple, so... 
Interesting. Keep your eyes open for that. There you go. Okay. Some Washington State trivia. Now when you go home, you can uh, you can quiz your friends. Uh, well, I was 0 for 3, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, back to football for a sec here. Now, you obviously, you're known for sacks. You're known for interceptions. You're known for uh, fumble, uh, strip fumbles. Which would you prefer? If you can have one, what do, what gives you the most joy? Is it is it sacking a quarterback? Is it picking off a pass? Or is it making a fumble? That's a good question. Um, it would be between an interception um, or a sack for a fumble. you got to have both. Oh, um, double down. So, I mean, when you sack for a fumble, not only do you have to join and hit the quarterback extremely hard, but the ball comes out, which is the most important. You know, it's all about taking the ball away. So, um, you know, if not, I'll take the interception and, and show uh, show everyone how I can run with that thing a little bit. There you go. There you go. And one more for you here, Adam. The drill that you hate the most in practice. When they call it, you're like, oh, no. The drill I hate the most in practice. Probably pursuit drill. Okay, tell us what that is. Uh, I mean, everyone lines up. They they in your spot on defense, and they point to the sideline or where a coach is, and everyone has to just sprint over to the coach. And uh, you have a few reps in a row. It's kind of a wake you up for practice, get ready to uh. go kind of thing. But... You know, to me, it always it, it, it seems a little bit just like busy work, you know, as opposed to me actually playing football. So right, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's the coaches need to take care of something. Yeah, go uh, go do pursuits. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to kill five minutes. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's do pursuit. And I'm sure they they do it when it's nice and uh, humid in the in the summer too. Oh. Uh, Man, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. Great to get to know you a little bit here, and good luck the rest of the season. Hey, my pleasure. Appreciate it. That was Adam Bighill, and you have to love the complete effort in the statement that the Blue Bombers made against the BC Lions in that 41-19 to victory. Not only did Bighill ball out, uh, Andrew Harris did too. And that's what we've been waiting for, for Harris with Matt Nichols back. Very similar, I think, to what the Argos did with James Franklin and James Wilder. Wilder went for 120, Harris for 109, both were dominant, and you were able to take the pressure off of the quarterback. Now, for different reasons, obviously. For Franklin, it was his first start uh, as a Toronto Argonaut against his former team. And for Nichols, you wanted to ease him back in after that extended leave. Both were complemented very well with the running game, and you see what happened. Oh, yeah, my guy Stone Cold Chris Strevler, Strevy, 317. He still did it. He still delivered a couple touchdowns. You got to love Chris Strebler and the passion that he brings. Okay, let's get to the game picks here, okay? So week five, light schedule, just three games. Yeah, the undefeated Calgary Stampeders off the bye, heading to the nation's capital and to Ottawa versus the Red Blacks. Now, the Red Blacks took down the Alouettes 28-18, to dispelling any belief, any thought, any vision that maybe, just maybe, the Alouettes could make a go of it. No, the Alouettes were just what we thought they were. I did like how Jeff Matthews was still grinding to the end for the out. He's, he's a very smart quarterback. I think he's going to be a great coach one day. Just wasn't meant to be. And Trevor Harris absolutely balled out. That was the type of performance I wanted to see from Trevor Harris. I believe he belongs in the elite-level conversation. He's got to prove that. But he will and has the ability, I think, to belong, if he can stay healthy, in that upper echelon QB conversation in the Canadian Football League. Okay? You did it against the Alouettes. We know lots of people can do things against the Alouettes. The Calgary Stampeders are a different story. Okay? We know the rivalry between these two. Can Harris, at home, slay the Dragon? 
give the Stamps their first defeat of the year. That's a statement game. If you do that, that's a statement game. And it ties into our Twitter poll question as well uh, when making the game picks. Which team needs a win more in Week 5? And I put the Red Blacks on there just because of that. And the East is still tight. You got Hamilton at 2-2. Two and two. They're on the bye. Argos got their first win. Owls have one win. And, and the Red Blacks at 2. You do that, you send a statement to the league, and you get some breathing room in the East. That all being said... I'm still going with the Calgary Stampeders. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And until I see a number in that L column with the Stamps, you got to roll with Calgary road game or not. So I'll take the Stamps there. Now, the Argos, who are on that list as well, and do they need to win the most? Second of a home-and-home home with the Edmonton Eskimos. Beat the Eskies. Kept it a low-scoring game. Defense looked good. You know Mike Riley and the Eskimos what happens after they lose. Even earlier this season, they don't like it, and they come back strong. I'll take Edmonton over the Argos, although I really liked what James Franklin and Wilder did in that last one, being able to mix in the running game, and the defense played really well too. But the Eskimos don't lose two in a row very often, even if you count the streakiness with all the injuries last year, just as a team and how good they are. Third one, Winnipeg and BC. Kind of the polar opposite of the Stampeders until... The, the BC Lions can show me they can beat somebody other than Montreal. I'm not picking them. Jonathan Jennings has been horrendous. Terrible. Is he going to get the start? Is he going to go? How long is the leash on him? Matt Nichols, Andrew Harris, Adam Big Hill, that nice combo. And as Nichols gets more comfortable, we saw what he was able to do last year. He protects the ball, but he can also extend the field with his arm too. Give me the Blue Bombers. So I'll take Calgary. I'll take Edmonton, and I'll take the Blue Bombers in this Week 5 game picks. All right, folks, that'll do it. That will do it. And don't forget, it's 50% off week at Domino's. Go to dominoes.ca until July 15, 50% off all pizzas at menu prices. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. You've been listening to CFO Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the games, folks.